All right, well, uh, good morning again, everyone. <laughs> back, back in February, we, uh, we started a series called Let's Talk About It. And uh, uh, some of you thought it was, was over, and we're, we're glad about that, but it's not over. Um, <clears throat> we kind of did the first half of that series, and, and, and the whole purpose of, of that series is to talk about some topics that the church is not very comfortable talking about, and because we're not comfortable talking about it, we don't talk about it. And because we're not talking about these topics, it's actually caused a lot of, I think, um, confusion and division and hurt within the church, within the body of Christ. And, uh, and so our silence is, is really hurting people. It's causing people to question their faith, abandon their faith, and take on the beliefs and the opinions of the loudest voices in the world. How many of you agree that the church needs to be the loudest voice in the world? And at King's Corner, uh, we're just not afraid to talk about some of these things. Um, I don't know if we're not afraid, we just do it anyway. But we've already talked about creationism, uh, gender and sexuality, divorce and remarriage, and racism. And now we've had about a month since, since that nice little month break here. And over the next several, several weeks, we're going to talk about mental health, pornography, women in ministry is going to be our Mother's Day message. And I just decided this week, I, I kind of changed one, I'd like to talk about woke culture. Woke culture. Does that sound okay? So today and next week, we're going to talk about mental illness and, and really where to begin with healing. Uh, next week, we're going to talk specifically about things that we can do to battle against mental illness and maybe prevent some mental illness and improve our overall mental health. And so when I say mental illness um, or, or mental health disorders, um, you know, that would include anxiety disorders like social anxiety or OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. I'm sure some of you know what that is. Um, eating disorders, anorexia, bulimia, mood disorders, depression, uh, bipolar, um, personality disorders, maybe, maybe paranoid, maybe narcissistic, uh, trauma and stressor-related disorders like PTSD, right? Post-traumatic stress syndrome, syndrome disorder. And psychotic disorders like, like schizophrenia. So when I, schizophrenia. So when I talk about mental illness, that, that's what I'm talking about. All those kinds of those mental health disorders. And so um, we need to acknowledge that mental health disorders are real and they're serious. But we don't exalt them and we don't surrender to them. We surrender to God. How many of you know that our steps are ordered by God? We surrender to his plan for our life. So I, I believe it's very important to validate people in their illness, in, in, in how they're feeling. Um, but we still need to offer hope. And, and that's, I think, the main thing that I want to make sure everyone understands today is that there is real hope available for you this morning. Hallelujah. And so what I'd like to do is I want to look at a story here this morning in the Bible of someone that was suffering from severe mental illness and how this person met hope, capital H, face to face. Who am I talking about? Jesus. I wonder, you know, I think if, if we as the church, if we handle mental health issues the same way Jesus did, I think we're going to be doing okay. What do you think? Okay. So that's what we're going to do. Let's, let's do like Jesus. Okay. And so go ahead, turn your Bible to Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. This is, this is the second book of the, of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark. 
verses 1 to 15. And uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read this story, talk about this story a little bit, and then we're going to get going. So Mark, 15, Mark 5, verses 1 to 15, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. Okay, so this region is primarily made up of Gentiles. When I say Gentiles, I mean non-Jewish people, people that are not under the covenant of God, not they don't belong to God. They're not God's people. Okay. Verse 2. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. That is a demon. Who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. So let's just understand what's happening here. This man, okay, is being oppressed by demons so much that he actually had supernatural power. No one had the power or the strength to stop this man but he had supernatural power to break these, these chains and these shackles. Verse 5. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. So again, let's understand what's happening here. This man sees Jesus from far away. He runs to Jesus and starts to worship him. But then the demons inside of him start to manifest. And the demons start talking to Jesus. So it's the demons that are begging Jesus to not torment him. It's not the man, it's the demons manifested begging Jesus to not torment them. Okay? That's not really the picture we get in media today, is it? Right? Of, of, of the power of darkness begging Jesus to not torment them. Right? But this is the truth of the word of God. Verse 8, for he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. Then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now a large herd of swine was feeding near, their mount, near the mountains. So all the demons begged him saying, send us to the swine that we may enter them. And at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. They didn't leave until what happened? Until Jesus gave them permission, right? This, this, is, the, this is our Savior. This is our Lord. There were about 2,000 swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. So those who fed the swine fled. And they told it in the city and the country. And they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Afraid. Not afraid. <laughs> they were afraid. And so there's three aspects from this story, I think, that, that really help us to see clearly that this man had mental illness. Okay, there's three things. Okay, so number one, he lived naked in a cemetery. Okay? So we know he was naked because once he was set free of the demons, the testimony is now he's clothed. Okay? And, and so um, that means before Jesus set him free, he didn't have clothes, right? So I think that living naked in a cemetery would qualify today as someone with some mental health issues, 
Okay, number two. He was crying out every night and day and was cutting himself. I used to think um, um, people that, that cut themselves, um, that they did that to get attention. That's not right. Cutting's not new, is it? But this man was, was isolated. He wasn't trying to get attention. There, there was no one there to get attention from. But he had tremendous emotional pain. Right? He was crying out day and night, and his emotional pain was so great that he chose to cut himself to cope with it because the physical pain of cutting provides an outlet that makes the emotional pain tolerable. So this, this man was not cutting himself because he was crazy. He's cutting himself because he was hurting. He's isolated, he's lonely, he's an outcast, he's rejected by society, his friends, his family. He lived in shame. And every time he saw the scars from cutting, that gave him more shame. He's not thinking right. He's in bondage. He's in darkness. He has no hope. And so something that we need to learn right off the hop here is that mental health is not just our psychological well-being, but it's also our social well-being and our emotional well-being. Okay, and they're all interconnected. And this man was, was not just suffering mentally, but socially and emotionally. You know, there are many people still cutting themselves today. A large percent of them are teenagers. But they're not cutting themselves because they're crazy or because they want attention. But it's because they're hurting. They don't need more shame. They need help. They need hope. They need Jesus. The third reason we can see that this, this person had a mental health illness was because after his encounter with Jesus, it says he was now in his right mind. That means before Jesus set him free from the demons, he was not in his right mind. He had psychological problems. He wasn't thinking right, okay? So now, let's look at what did Jesus do specifically to deal with this mental illness? Does that sound okay? Amen. I just want to take a moment here and just pray. God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for your presence here. God, I just, um, I know that there are people hurting here. God, I pray that no one will leave this place without hope. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Number one. Jesus was not afraid. Jesus was not afraid. First, Jesus was not afraid of the illness or its power. Did Jesus seem impressed by the illness or the power that was behind the illness? I don't think so, right? The devil's got to do better than just break some shoddy shackles. Because Jesus is the one who holds the title belt of chain breaker. Amen? Amen? And he breaks bigger, <clears throat> bigger chains than that. Amen? Jesus breaks chains of guilt and shame. Jesus breaks chains of sin and addiction. Jesus breaks the chain from the grave. Hallelujah. He, chakes, he, cha he breaks chains of death. Here's what you need to know today. 
Jesus has broken every chain that has ever been forged in the pits of hell. That's our God. That's our God. And the demons knew it, didn't they? Second, Jesus wasn't afraid of a person suffering from mental illness. Okay, I think the most common reaction to, to mental health issues is to ignore it and, invo- and avoid it. But Jesus intentionally went there to confront it. Okay, and most people, Christian or not Christian, would have avoided this man. If this man was coming to you, what would your reaction be? Would you engage him? He's dirty, right? He's, he's naked. He's smelly. He clearly has some real problems, right? But Jesus wasn't afraid of him, and he wasn't afraid of the problems. Hallelujah. Okay? He was messy. Jesus wasn't afraid of messy. How many of you are so glad this morning that Jesus is not afraid of messy? Because before Jesus, we were naked and dirty and smelling, and we had some real problems too. Romans 8 says, but God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, while we were still messy, Christ died for us. And then Jesus became messy for us. 2 Corinthians says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. How many of you have been clothed in righteousness by Jesus? Hallelujah. And to go into all the nations as we're commanded to do, we need to embrace messy like Jesus embraces messy. Amen? Because we've got the answer to messy. So we can't be afraid of messy people or afraid to acknowledge that we're still a little bit messy. You know, there's a, there's a stigmatism attached to, to mental illness in our culture that, that if you have some kind of a mental health disorder that you are not normal, that you're abnormal, that you're weird, that there's something wrong with you. There's a stigmatism in our culture Right, And that causes so many people to stay hidden in their struggle. And that causes so many people to lose the struggle to mental, to mental health. Okay, But that is absolutely contrary to what Jesus said. Jesus assured us in John 16, In the world you have tribulation and distress and suffering. You know that word distress means anxiety, sorrow, Physical and mental suffering. See, the troubles that Jesus talks about in John 16 are not just circumstantial troubles, but it's all troubles. Okay, he says you will have some mental health issues. You will have some emotional struggle. You will have some social struggle. You will have some psychological struggle, right? And Jesus guaranteed that we will have those troubles. This is part and parcel of being a human in a fallen world. And if you're struggling with mental health troubles, that actually just confirms that you are normal, that you're human. And how many of you know it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not? That it rains on the just and the unjust. Right? So you're not abnormal because you're dealing with mental health illness. Okay, and if we really understand mental health illness, then we would know that everyone in this room has struggled with it at some point. But you are a human that lives in a fallen world, but our hope is not in that. Our hope is in the one who has overcome the world. Let's read the rest of John 16:33. In the world you have tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory is abiding. It's long-lasting. It's permanent. Hallelujah. We have victory in Jesus. Okay, but there's also a fear in the church. When I say the church, I'm talking about the worldwide 
body of Christ, right? There's a fear in the church to acknowledge that we might be struggling in our mental health, okay? And that fear is because, absolutely because of unfair judgment of other believers. It's because they're afraid that they're going to be shamed by the church if they have a mental illness because then it must be their fault, right? It must be your fault. You must not be a good enough Christian. You must have sin in your life. You must not have prayed enough. Your, 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 your faith must be too weak. But the truth is, you can love Jesus. You can serve in ministry. You can tithe regularly and still battle against depression. That's the truth. That's the reality of living in this fallen world. But people have been shamed in the church for not just having mental illness, but then, then they've been shamed for trying to treat it. Right, So if, if someone has a mental illness in the church and they go to a, a hospital or a doctor or receives medication, right, then they just don't pray enough. Then they're just, they're, their faith is too weak. When someone breaks their leg, you just tell them, you should just go pray more? Is that what we do? Right? I, I don't think so. Yeah, it doesn't hurt to pray for your broken leg. Can God heal your broken leg? Absolutely, right? But he's also given us common sense, right? You need to go to a hospital if you break your leg, okay? Pray about it, sure. Go to the hospital. Why would it be any different if our minds are broken? Getting help is not a sign of weakness of faith. It's wisdom. It's wisdom, right? Getting help so you can function and bring value to society and your family and your friends. That's not a lack of faith. That's being responsible. And how many of you know that God honors that? God honors that. We're commanded to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. Right? How can we do that? How can we do that if we don't take care of our mental health and get help? when we need help. God honors that because you're trying to love him with all of your mind. You're trying to love him with all of your soul. That's, that's wisdom. That's responsibility. God honors that. And this is the culture that we want to have at King's Corner Church. Please hear me. This needs to be a culture where it's okay to not be okay. It, it has to be. It has to be. It just needs to be a culture where we're not more concerned about trying to maintain an image of health than actually be healthy. Right? To so just come and pretend that everything's okay when it's not. That we're more concerned about pretending than actually getting help, right? This, this can't be that kind of culture, but this needs to be a culture where we don't judge and shame, but we pray and we help and we encourage and we have compassion. I mean, the only way that someone can even receive salvation is that they have to first acknowledge that they need help. God, I can't deal with this sin issue on my own. I can't do it. I need help. We have to acknowledge we need help just to get saved. I think it's okay to acknowledge that we need help. Not to mention that when Jesus left, who did he leave us? The helper, paraclete, the one who's alongside to help. Right? Jesus did that because he knows we don't need any help. No. He did that because he knows we desperately still need help. We desperately still need him. We're saved, but we're still being saved. Amen? We're made perfect in Jesus, but we're still being made perfect in Jesus. Right? We're sanctified, but we still got a little ways to go in our sanctification. Right? Right? We're saved, but we're still being saved. 
We need to break that spirit of pride in this place. We need to break that spirit of pride. Let's not be so spiritual that we can't come for prayer. Does that sound okay? So number one, Jesus was, was not afraid. Number two is Jesus identified the problem and revealed the complexity of the problem actually at the same time. And so the way Jesus identified the problem is he asked the question in Mark 5, 9, what is your name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. So Jesus identified the problem, which is what we need to do, because we, we can't have the right solution unless we have the right problem, okay? But what he also did by, by revealing what the problem was, he also revealed the complexity of the problem. This man didn't just have one problem. This man had many problems, okay? And in mental health, mental illness, um, most mental illness doesn't just have a single cause to it, but there are many causes. So I want to talk about just, just quickly the four main contributors to mental illness and, and how they're often interconnected with each other. And that's what I'll talk about them for real quick. So the number one, um, and these aren't in order, but, but number one is spiritual. Okay, clearly in this story in Mark chapter 5, there is a spiritual cause to the mental illness, right? It's, it's, it's demons. How many of you know that Christians, let me, let me try that again. How many of you know that demons can't have Christians, but Christians can have demons? Okay. And, and so what I mean by that is whatever you allow in is going to have influence in, in your life. If you, if you allow alcohol, lots of alcohol in, okay, you're going to come under the influence of that alcohol. It's going to gain ma mastery and power over you. You're going to come under the influence of whatever you let in. And, and how many of you know that it's also possible to allow demons to come into your life and have influence and control until you tell them to leave and have them removed by the proper authority. Matthew 10 tells us who that authority is. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority and power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So who's the proper authority? Absolutely, it's Jesus, and he's given his disciples, his followers, the same power and authority that he had to cast out those unclean spirits, to cast out those demons. How many of you are a disciple of Jesus Christ? So everyone with their hand raised, you've got power and authority to cast out demons and heal every sickness. Do you believe that? Amen. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you can heal every sickness and cast out every demon? Come on. Jesus gave us authority to do that and the power to do that. In this story in Mark chapter 5, it appears that, that obviously I think demons were the cause of the mental illness until they met the proper authority because as soon as Jesus freed the man from the demonic spirits, his mind was made right. At least that's the assumption that we get in the story, that as soon as the demons, he was set free from the demons, that his mind was healed, okay? Now, it's, I think it's important for us to understand this too, that sometimes people can get free from demons and their minds are not restored. Okay, sometimes... Uh, being delivered doesn't, doesn't always mean getting healed. Sometimes being delivered just means getting delivered. Okay, and I'm not saying that's always God's will, but, but I'm saying it happens. And so the healing of the, the mental illness might have to come a different way. Okay, because what I'm about to, 
hopefully show here is that there's more causes than just one sometimes to why someone has mental illness. Okay, so you might have demons, but that might not be the reason you're mentally ill. So Jesus can get rid of those demons, but then we got to do something else maybe to get rid of that, to, to deal with that mental illness. Okay? So spiritual, absolutely. Secondly, is biological. Okay, sometimes there's a chemical imbalance in the body, and that is, that's not necessarily spiritual. And these are all interconnected, and absolutely, they could all be spiritual, um, but not necessarily. Okay? Um, sometimes they're not. The mental disorder might have something to do, might have nothing to do with demons or sin. Okay, there's just, there's just simply something wrong with the chemistry. Okay? And, and I felt it important to say this. I, I saw this quote this week. I felt important to say this. Your chemistry is not your character. Your chemistry is not your character. You're not defined by your chemistry. You're defined by your heart and your identity in Jesus Christ. Okay? So there's, there's spiritual, there's biological causes of mental illness. There's social causes of mental illness. I think if we've learned anything from COVID, it's that isolation is a fast track to mental illness. Right? So we need community. We need friends. We need people that are going to support us and encourage us and build us up and point us to hope. Okay? And then another, uh, another aspect, uh, the, the fourth one is psychological. So we've got biological, sorry, spiritual, biological, social, psychological. These are four main contributors to mental health as far as I understand, okay? And so this man in Mark chapter 5, he was psychologically healed by Jesus. His mind was not thinking right before. Sometimes there's something in our mind that's not, that's not performing uh, the way that God intended it to, okay? It's just you're not able to to think right. So it's possible that someone has mental illness because they're not thinking right. Okay, now, now here's where really pills kind of let you down. Okay, pills are good for changing our chemistry and, they're, and, and maybe increasing the, the dopamine levels so that, that we feel better. But what pills don't do is they don't change our thought processes. Okay? And so I understand that sometimes there's psychological problems that only Jesus can heal. I understand that, 100%. Sometimes it's going to be a miraculous thing that has to happen, and, and God can do it, okay? Um, but we definitely have a huge part in our thought processes. Is that right? Right? We have an ability to change our thinking and take control of our thinking. It starts with renewing our mind and being intentional about our thought life. And I'm not going to go into all that right now because we're going to talk lots about that next week because that's one of the best ways that we can battle mental health, okay, is, is by renewing our minds, okay, with the Word of God, with the truth, with the hope of the gospel, okay? But here's what I, here's what I, I want us to see here is that it's not always spiritual, it's not always spiritual, right? Sometimes there's some mental health issues that have nothing to do with, with, with demons. They have nothing to do with sin in your life. It, sometimes it's not spiritual, right? And we've got some very well-intentioned Christians that come along and they say, you know what? You just need more Jesus. That's true. <laughs> we, we all need more Jesus, I, I will not ever argue with that. And, and honestly, sometimes just having more Jesus is going to be enough. Absolutely. So yes, we need more Jesus. But you know what? You might also need more sleep. Right? You, you might also need more counseling. You might also need more friends. You, you might also need 
um, more medication. You might also need more exposure to the sun and vitamin D. <laughs> Thank you for that assist, chair, and everybody else who I didn't ask. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Or maybe you just need to ca- take captive more thoughts. Maybe that's the problem. Right? Okay, but it's not always spiritual. So there's no shame in that. And it's important to understand. So Jesus, he revealed the complexity of this guy's problem. It's not just one thing. It wasn't just one thing. Okay? But, but this guy was struggling and he needed help and healing spiritually, psychologically, emotionally, socially. There's lots of contributing factors to why this guy had mental health, mental illness. Right? And so likely, we need to treat kind of all four of those areas, I think. So number one, Jesus was not afraid. <clears throat> number two, Jesus identified the problem and he revealed the complexity of the problem and, and then number three, Jesus healed them. <laughs> Jesus just healed them. I believe God wants us to be well. I really do. That's my conviction. My personal conviction is God wants us to be well. How many of you, be, how many of you believe in the name Jehovah Rapha? He is the Lord who heals us. Amen. Right? I believe we can pray and believe for health and for healing. How many of you know that Jesus didn't just take our sin with him to the cross, but he also took our sickness? We don't talk about that as much. But in Matthew chapter 8 and 17, and this is actually quoting Isaiah 53, he himself took our infirmities, he bore our sicknesses. That word griefs in Isaiah 53 is actually translated sicknesses. All of our sin and all of our sickness has been covered by the blood of the Lamb and by His stripes. We are healed. Hallelujah. This is the hope of the cross. This is the hope of Jesus. This is real hope. And you know what? The timing of our healing is completely up to our sovereign God. But we can believe and hope for healing. Is that true? 100%. And our response needs to be like this man in Mark 5, 6. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and he worshiped him. We need to run to Jesus. I'm going to be honest with you. I often don't feel like running. I usually feel like Laying. <laughs> you know, with certain mental illnesses, you know, some of you might be here today and, and you don't feel like running. It's even hard for you to get out of bed every morning. But please understand, because of what Jesus did on the cross, you have a choice. You can choose hope. You can choose Jesus. Satan's been lying to you. He said there's no way out. That is a lie. That is a lie. You have a choice because of the cross. We have victory because of the cross. We have hope because of the cross. I want you to consider something for a minute. That That man in Mark chapter 5, he actually had thousands of demons working inside of him. That that word legion, we know that's that that Roman military term, and and it it represents a detachment of anywhere from 4,000 to 6,000 soldiers. But we know he had at least 2,000 demons because how many pigs were possessed that ran over the cliff? So he had at least 2,000 demons. But consider this. Consider this. Even though he had 
thousands of demons working inside of him. Not one of them and not all of them could stop, G- could stop this man from running to Jesus. Hallelujah! Not one and not all of them. Thousands of demons. Those demons would have ran the other way. But he said, no, I've got to run to Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Satan can't stop you from running to Jesus. You've been lied to. Satan can't stop you from running to hope. From running to the healer. Satan can't stop you. Choose to run. Run to Jesus. There was two responses, and I'm just closing here now. There's two responses to Jesus in this story. Remember, he was in that region of of the Gadarenes, the the Gentiles, the unbelievers, and and they just lost 2,000 pigs of their herds. That was probably significant, right? It wasn't Jesus' fault. He just gave them permission. He didn't, he didn't send them there. just gave them permission. <laughs> okay? Um, but, but when you actually read this account in the other Gospels, when the people come back from the city and they see, they see the, the man completely healed and restored, but, but they're afraid. Remember it said they were afraid? And they actually beg Jesus to leave. So there's two responses. We got, we got one man that ran to Jesus, but we've got some other people that rejected Jesus. See, see they didn't want to lose what they had. They didn't want to lose what they had. They, they were choosing the pigs over Jesus. They saw. They saw what Jesus could do. They saw that they could, they could also have a life of victory over darkness. But they chose their life. They chose the pigs. Jesus said in Matthew 10, whoever finds his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. And whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find it. That is life with me for all eternity. You know, I'm just wondering if, if there's anyone here this morning that's willing to lose his or her life. Are you willing to lose your life? Are you willing to give up the things that this world has to offer? Are you willing to choose Jesus and actually find eternal life? And so just with everyone here this morning, heads up and eyes open. If there's anyone here this morning, you've never invited Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, but you want to choose life. You've seen what this world has to offer, and you realize it's just pigs, and you want more than that. I'm just going to invite you just right now just to slip your hand in the air. Just slip your hand in the air, and we're just going to pray for you. Won't embarrass you. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to invite our worship team forward at this time, and I'm just going to invite everyone to stand this morning. You okay, buddy? Yep. If if you are If you're here today and you are struggling with, with mental illness, okay, in a second I'm going to invite you to come forward. But if you're also here today and you know someone who's struggling with mental illness and you'd like to stand in the gap for them and you'd like to pray and believe that they're going to have the hope of Jesus, um, then I'm also going to invite you forward. Just by show of hands, just because I just think this is one of those things that we, we really need to, to understand that it's real. So, so can you just raise your hand if you know someone, and it could be you, 
who's suffering, who's suffering from mental health issues, mental health illness. So, like, that's, that's real. Is that real? Okay. So if you'd like to pray for them this morning, if you'd like to stand in the gap this morning, okay, or if you have a mental illness that you'd like prayer for this morning, I'm going to invite you all to come to the front. And, and I don't think there's going to be enough room. But, but if you have to go in the aisles or whatever, but I want to invite you to come to the front right now. We're just going to pray. Come to the front. Don't hesitate. And don't wait. You want to stand in the gap. You want this person to have health and healing. Just come right to the front here too, guys. Just come right to the front. Just fill in, fill in the gaps, please. Hallelujah. 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 I'm just going to invite our, our, our prayer team also to be up front here. Just, just, just raising hands and just praying. Amen. Hallelujah. Just make sure it's time for everyone to come. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, come on up. Okay. What I want to do first... I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and just fill us up. Can we do that? Amen. Let's just, let's just, let's just be in a receiving mode. Just have your hands just kind of in a, a receiving mode. And let's just pray. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We just ask you to come now and just fill us up. Fill us up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you pray in tongues... Go ahead, start praying in tongues. One of the best ways to get filled up with the Holy Spirit is to pray in tongues. And we just want to usher in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit right now in this place. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Don't be afraid if you get filled up with the Spirit and you've never been filled up before. That might happen here this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We need you, God. We need your power, God. We need your presence, God. Hallelujah. We can't do anything without you, Lord. Hallelujah. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, right now, I just pray hope. I just pray hope right now in Jesus' name. Let hope let hope right now just start to rise up in our spirits. Let's hope. Let hope, Lord, just rise up right now. The hope, let the truth of your word, the truth of who you are, Jesus, the truth of the healer, the truth of hope, let it rise up right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let it rise up for those people that are standing in the gap. Let it rise up for those people who they're standing for. Let it rise up, Lord, that there is hope. God, we, we speak against lies. We speak against strongholds. We speak against any thought, any lie that's been built up in our minds, that there's no escape, that there's no way out, that we're just going to have to live with it. We're just going to have to deal with it. We're just going to have to be content with whatever the world offers. We're going to have to be content with whatever this demonic attack might be. I just come against that in the name of Jesus. And I declare strongholds to be broken. I declare lies to shatter right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Let hope arise. Let hope arise right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not content, God. We're not content with this world. We're not content with anything but the plans of the Father. We're not content with anything 
but the steps ordered by you. We're not content with anything, but everything that you gave us on the cross. You gave us deliverance and healing and hope. And so we declare that right now. We live in that right now in Jesus' name. We live in hope. We live in healing. By Jesus' stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. We declare deliverance in this place right now. We declare freedom in this place. Jesus came to set the prisoners free, to open prison doors. We declare doors open right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We call on chain breakers. We call on chain breakers. Let chains be broken right now in Jesus' name. We call on Jehovah Rapha. We call on Jehovah Nisi. He is the God, our banner, our victory. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. God, I just pray. I just pray for clarity right now in Jesus' name. God, I just pray that you reveal the problem, that you reveal the complexity of the problem, and that you reveal the treatment and the solution of the problem. I pray for the mind of Christ right now in everybody in this, in this room. Everybody standing at the altar, I pray for the mind of Christ. Reveal the problem, the complexity, and the solution, and the treatment in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 And God, we just rebuke, we rebuke shame in Jesus' name. We rebuke shame from this place, from our hearts and from our minds in Jesus' name. Satan's been heaping on shame, and, and we just ask that you just break it. Just lift it off right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 These are people that love you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. It's okay to not be okay. It's okay to not be okay. Hallelujah. But God, we look to you. We look to the hope of the cross. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. The worship team is going to sing a song here and, and you're invited just to stay at the altar and let's just worship and let's just thank Him. Let's just thank Him. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Saints and angels.